First thoughts. I'm Connor Azagari. I'm Caleb Roger. And today we're discussing Disney's fourth huge box office failure this year, Haunted Mansion. Yet another movie based off of their various theme park rides. And a fairly decent film, pretty good, uh, destined to pretty much never be talked about again, which is kind of sad, but a good watch, I felt. How about you? Same. I thought it was a good watch. I, I mean, I, I overall liked it. It's not going up there with like in my whole like their live action stuff. And I just nothing's ever going to beat like what they were able to pull off at Pirates of the Caribbean as far as like adapting their rides. I don't know why they're trying so hard every single time to get <laughs> failure each time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Minus Tron, I think Tron Cruise was a, a hit, but I don't know if they're ever going to do a sequel to that. Um, yeah. Let's run those down real quick. So theme park rides. Uh, that become became movies. Obviously, there's the Pirates franchise, which is you know three for five, so not bad. Yeah. And uh, then there was the original Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy, which I don't remember at all. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I remember thinking it was okay, but apparently no one else did. <laughs> yeah, it's not falling. Remember, there was a TV movie before they ever did Pirates. I think like Tower of Terror or something like. There was like. Forget about Tower of Terror. I had that on tape as a kid. I liked that a lot. Yeah, so there was a like I think it was a Disney Channel movie that they turned yeah. it into. That was technically their first one before they you know got hit, hit big with pirates. Yeah, and uh, Kristen Dunst. Yeah, it was actually not. It was pretty creepy. They had its moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, then there was I think Tomorrowland. Yeah, no one liked that. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was amazing, but I didn't think it was a disaster. I just thought it was kind of like, all right. Yeah. yeah. I never saw it, so I heard like horrendous. Everyone's like, don't watch it. It doesn't make any sense. It's there's no there's no story going on. I don't know. I don't I, I don't remember really the details. Uh then Jungle Cruise. Which I liked. I thought, you know, it was way better than I expected. It was basically Pirates meets the mummy with a little you know, with the Dwayne Johnson action, but uh, yeah, I, I liked it. Too. Yeah, I enjoyed that one, and you know, Emily Blunt. So I was happy. Yeah, I like the whole you know I, incorporating Metallica's "Nothing Else Matters" into the score. I thought it was a cool idea, and uh, yeah, well done. And that brings us to Haunted Mansion, which uh, John Favreau almost made a Space Mountain movie, but that never happened. What, about I mean, what else they got? Like we're never getting a Splash Mountain movie, you know. That would be just controversial as hell. I mean, based <laughs> off what's happening with Haunted Mansion, I don't think we're getting any ride adaptations for a while. See, that's what people said when Tomorrowland came out. And but Disney doesn't know the meaning of the word quit. They're gonna force everything into your face until you, <laughs> like until they get something. That's how Disney works. True. But I also remember when that came out, I think at that point they had Marvel at least. So it was like, okay, this is a flop, but we were making bank off this or whatever. They have not had that luxury this year like they have had in the past. Well, now I'm thinking because they're bombing with literally every aspect of their production company, you know, with the animated movies, with Pixar, with Lucasfilm, with Marvel. I feel like now it's going to be throw everything we've got at the wall. Something's got to stick. I feel like that's going to be the mentality they're going to take for the future. So I think we're going to get some weird shit. Oh, God, that could be a good and a bad thing. I know. I I, uh, I couldn't tell you what, what's going to, you know, what I couldn't tell you a project that could save their goodwill with audiences at this point. I don't think it's going to be the Marvels. I don't think it's going to be Wish or Elio. Anything they've got planned that we've seen trailers for, I don't think it's going to be enough. No, because... I don't see anyone really excitedly talking about all these films, these few films. Like the few people that are in the audience for Wish, and there was kids in the audience. Those, you know, a couple of families there. 
none of them really responded when the trailer for Wish came on. Like, none of those are a huge response. It was just like, okay, well, cool. For my, uh, for my uh, theater, we didn't even get a Wish trailer. We got the Marvel. Actually, they played the trailer for, oh, no, wait, that was for Talk to Me. Yeah, they played the trailer for Bottoms twice in a row. I don't know how that happened. I think there was a glitch. But yeah, everyone was kind of like, what? There was a, like a very visible confusion in the audience. Uh, but yeah, for, for Haunted Mansion, it was the Marvels. It was... Um, uh, I don't fucking remember. I just remember the Marvels. I know I didn't see Wish. Yeah, I know Cinemark played like all the animated films. Like I didn't see a single until they did. They showed the Marvels. I didn't see a single live action film advertised when I went. Um, oh, we got uh, Next Goal Wins was one of the trailers we got, which I think huh. looks hysterical. Oh, that looks great, but that's Taika Waititi. So I mean, yeah. uh, Earth... Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle was one. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's, weirdly. They why did they play all these in front of like a kids movie? Ultimately, I don't really know. Like is. Is Five Nights at Freddy's supposed to be a legitimate horror movie or a gateway horror movie? Because I'm not sure. It's, it's legitimate horror. I mean, it's PG-13 because the game itself, it doesn't have any content to necessi- necessitate an R rating, if we're being honest. Um, but I've heard they're going like it's 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 horror. I'm sure it's going to be gateway, but with a lot more bite because it's Blumhouse. It's not Disney doing it. So it's going to have a hell of a lot more bite to it. Okay, I just usually you don't see a legitimate horror movie trailer in front of a Disney movie. Well, and that's why I was like, that's weird because I think they're going for legitimate horror. Horror still meant to be like, you know, you can take like your family if you so chose to, to it. But there's gonna be intense scenes. Do you remember that time back in 2013 when Frozen was a huge success and some theater got in super huge trouble because they accidentally started playing that 2010 horror movie called Frozen? No, oh, yeah. And people were like horrified because it took a minute for them to turn that off. <laughs> Dude, I remember. Uh, I think it was when the Hills Have Eyes two came out, and apparently, I forgot what Disney film was coming out at that time. But they act, or it may have been Despicable Me, actually. Um, one of those. It was one some anime film. They accidentally flipped the reels, and so the kids got the opening birthing scene in Hills Have Eyes two, <laughs> and people who wanted a gore fest. Got a fucking animated movie that they didn't want to see. Jesus Christ. Oh, I wonder how long it took the like horror crowd to realize they weren't being like like this wasn't leading to anything. <laughs> like they kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, but yeah. it never did. And they were just like, This isn't scary, but damn, is it charming. <laughs> I guess we'll keep watching. I guess we'll just have to see those if I do in our day. They hate watched that movie. <laughs> Whatever it was. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love when shit like that happens. I think it happened when one of the Saw movies accidentally got played in front of a Pixar. Was it Saw 5? It was Saw 5 because I remember it was all about that fucking opening scene got watched by children. For those of you who don't know, Saw 5 opens with a minigun and like cut in half by a pendulum in very graphic detail. Oh, that's that's beautiful. What, what Saw Five was what two thousand eight? They came out yearly. So, so then it, well, six was two thousand nine. I, I count backwards from Saw Saw Seven. So yeah, oh eight. So that had so it was Wally. Oh my god! All those poor kids. I went to go see Wally. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Anyway, okay, Haunted Mansion. Um. I've never been to Disney World. I've never been on the ride, so I don't know what the Haunted Mansion ride is. My mom has been, and she told me that uh, like there's a part where like the chair, you know, flinging people out of the house, that was part of the ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I guess some of the ghosts were inspired by the ride. I think the crystal ball thing. And the I'm sure box. the more prominent ghosts we saw, like I think Madame Leota and the Hatbox are part of the ride, from what I understand. And yeah, I think like the prominent ghosts are part of the ride. Yes, they snuck in Easter eggs like come on, come on with the chair that are part of the ride, but I haven't been on the ride, so I can't tell you myself. Yeah. Um I had no idea Jamie Lee Curtis and Jared Leto were in this. Like, was that advertised or did they keep that under wraps? No, that was advertised. Well, I must have completely missed that. Yeah, I remember I knew about it. and also there is a trailer where you briefly see her. Um it's one of the TV spots I think was playing that showed her real quick. 
Um, Jared Leto, he's in it, but I mean, you don't really see him or hear his stupid voice. Yeah, he's weird that they paid for Jared Leto if they're just going to give us a CGI ghost and an amplified voice. I know. I wonder if they told him, like, dude, you're not going to be fucking um, method. Just play the goddamn part. Shut the fuck up. Leave us out of the press. I would tell him that. I would love if he was like in the he's about to cut his head off. For the sake of method acting, they're like, no, no, none of that. And he's like, no, oh, okay. I would have just let him be like, you know what, guys? Let this one happen. Yes. Let this one happen. Let's get rid of this douchebag once and for all. Let's let it happen. <laughs> anyone, wondering, anyone wondering, he is one of the many people in, in Hollywood that I think is a her- amazingly huge douchebag. Good actor, and what the few when he's not attached to a franchise aka Dallas Buyers Club uh Room for a Dream things like that but oh my god what a what a douche what a man that seems what a pompous asshole that he comes off being yeah from what I hear there was that whole cult he started like there's there's a lot of weird shit surrounding Jared Leto there's a lot of weird shit he probably thinks he's hot shit because he's a man that sucks they have one good song well, yeah, that and, you know, giving him an Oscar probably didn't help. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was great in Dallas Fires Club, but. No. Uh, yeah, now Jamie Lee Curtis is now an Oscar winner, too. So good for her. Yeah. Good for her. But with that said, was Jared Leto for once actually bearable in a in a movie that's has like, uh, I know this isn't a franchise, per se, but the closest thing to it since, you know, he's had issues with superhero films. Um, was he entertained this? Yeah, I liked I liked his part in this. I think it's a good safe bet that if Disney has the you know if it's a if the name Disney slapped on it, the intention is a franchise. Well, yeah, every, every single time. Every I time. heard they're going back to John Carter, like they're trying that again. I actually don't mind the movie. I have seen it since it came out. I was like, yeah, you know, I don't mind this. I didn't. I don't think it's the disaster people made it out to be. I didn't think it was that bad either. I just, the amount of money Disney lost on that, you'd think they would bury that shit forever. Yeah. You know, you think they'd never go back to it. That is some desperation right there. Uh, I know. The decision making uh, over there is fucking crazy. Don't know who Iger's talking to because all his actors are on strike and his writers, but you know. I mean, the board of Disney has got to, I mean, their lips have got to be chapped from all the, all the, ass kissing they've been doing for so long because nobody ever tells the ceo that hey that's a bad idea ever you know like there's so much evidence that that has never happened dude between that and and musk leading twitter yeah it's i'm sorry it's not twitter anymore i I was gonna correct you i've never heard of twitter are you talking about x the greatest social media site ever let me tell you so on my phone right i have twitter sorry x Put into my social little thing. You know, on iPhones, you can make those little categories. So I made a social one for all my social media, right? If mm-hmm. I'm not zoomed in, basically, like my regular lock screen, it still shows Twitter. But as soon as I hit it, it switches it to X. So you have, a, almost a, like, you have a brief window into the past. Yeah, it's like my phone's fighting it. It's like, no, <laughs> no, this is stupid. I heard that, like, they're no longer called tweets. They're now posts. Like everything that made Twitter unique has been erased. <laughs> has been erased after he sat there and got all pissy that like you know Mark Zuckerberg was like, "Well, I'm going to do Threads," and basically have a Twitter for you know that he owns, and um he's and then what was Musk's comment? I'm all about competition, but that's just cheating. And now he's like copying exactly what Facebook does. I'm like, dude, you're you bitched about it, and now you're doing it. I think Zuckerberg should buy the trademark Twitter and just rebrand Threads as Twitter. As Twitter, you should just do that to fuck with them. I would. That would be amazing. Just Twitter, like Threads just becomes Twitter again, and everyone's yeah. happy. Exactly. <laughs> and everyone just migrates over and X goes away forever. Yeah. Everyone's what? already started migrating over. Oh, yeah. I Because, again, look, if anyone doesn't want some of my stance on Musk, he's an idiot and a terrible businessman. Um, he is rich because of his dad's fucking blood money, and that's it. Isn't it crazy how long it took us to realize that there was such a there was a, a long period where we're like, oh, this guy's Tony Stark. He's a genius. He's going to end world hunger. He's going to take us to Mars. And then he got 
into the social spotlight and we were all we all quickly realized he was a dangerously unstable moron mm-hmm. with a serious inferiority complex oh yeah who has this belief that he needs to have as many children as possible. him and his dad which is really gross if you've heard the even when he's heard the news story that his dad in his 70s had a a child a significantly younger like their nanny or whatever consensually they fucked a couple of times it was, it's a whole weird thing but yeah, it uh what what it must be like to have money and basically live like a porn star lifestyle because you have money and people just come to you. Um but what's with Musk's fascination with like X? Have you Space X? Like what's why is he like X so much? But who hurt him? Probably a guy named Xavier or Max or something. <laughs> I didn't like X. <laughs> Oh yeah, but the point earlier was apparently Musk is one of those that like wants to have as many kids as possible because he believes in like the world uh populations declining. And I'm like, I thought we were overcrowded. I thought that's what all the science was saying was like we're overpopulated. We just had a plague and we're still overpopulated. Yeah. So like, we- the last thing we need is more white bread rich assholes in this planet. Yeah, and it really look it just leads into like a common thing amongst like the more like uh extreme right leaning of like wanting children because they can't fathom that young more younger generations don't want to have kids because of various reasons you know from social climate economical things like that or just the decision that you just don't want to have kids that's a perfectly reasonable decision to make yeah it's perfectly reasonable the big thing for them is actually uh and this happened a lot in the uh, turn of the century it's white people afraid of mixed race people. So they're like, hey, other white people, we need more white people. Oh That's God. a big part of what this is. There's nothing wrong with mixed race. There's nothing That's wrong with it. Yeah. There used to be a cause. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, that, believe it or not, was one of the people who was like, any woman who is not breeding Americans is a traitor to this nation. Oh, wheat Jesus. Yeah, I know. When I found that out, I was like, Teddy, I thought you were one of the good ones. Damn it. But uh, anyway, yeah, we don't need more people. So don't let anyone tell you we need more people. Yeah. And also, as far as I'm concerned, it's still Twitter, not this stupid X facts fascination that Elon has. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 weird to see a company that's been like so prominent in our lifetimes crumble so fucking fast. It's really weird. Oh, yeah, it's so weird because like. And why they and apparently I. I think it was Josh that told me the whole thing with Twitter, why they were trying so hard to get him to buy it when he said he'd make the offer, and then he backed out. I guess, guess so those are rural in California that if you offer to buy something more than what it's worth, you have to buy it. You can't back out of it. So they were like, no, you're buying this, buddy, because you fucking offered way more than it's worth. Great. So this is basically like... uh like a, a very expensive sweater that he couldn't return and is now stuck with. Yeah. Great. If I was a person in charge of Twitter, I'd be like, no, it's fine. If he backs out, I don't care. I'm I'm going to keep this and die rich. Well, I don't remember how we got onto a Twitter rant, but you know, it's hard to ignore when it, it's so prominent in the news. Uh Disney. Disney. I mean, it's not like a good chunk of my news, but like the sound bites and stuff for like the strike is, mm-hmm. you know, people posting the sound bites on, on Twitter. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big companies are crumbling. Aliens are apparently real and no one cares. Planet's on fire. The strike's ongoing. Hollywood's in the death, like having its death rattle. What great times. Am I right? The only hope I have is Gen Z based off the midterms. Gen Z could turn this all around and save us all. <laughs> Honestly, politically, yes. Environmentally and socially, we're fucked. Like there's there's nothing to be done there. So even if the even if Gen Z turns up and abolishes the GOP, everything's still fucked. I have, I have faith. Okay. But you're always pessimistic, all right? Always. Yes, yes, I am. The glass is half empty, and I just dropped it. <laughs> That's what it feels like most of the time. Just like, I don't even get to have any water because I fucking dropped it. That's how pessimistic I am. 
Uh, Haunted Mansion has a really good cast of accomplished character actors led by Lakeith Stanfield. You've also got Tiffany Haddish, Rosario Dawson, Danny DeVito, Owen Wilson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jared Leto, Winona Ryder, weirdly, in a brief cameo. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for more. So I really I like hmm. uh, And it's, you know, it's pretty formulaic and kind of, you know, predictable. I think we all know where it's going, but the journey there is entertaining. I particularly really liked Owen Wilson as the fake priest. Yeah, he was cracking me up with his like his comments. When you say a quick prayer to the Lord, please <laughs> get us out said, of this mansion. The power of Kent compels you. Had me rolling. <laughs> they really, they really taps into like what, what you know, what makes Owen Wilson's like humor work so well in this movie. Yeah, I love him as just a you know a clueless con man who stumbles into a crazy situation way out of his control and just has to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny DeVito was hilarious as this like seasoned professor who just wants to see that house and his random just you know holy shit moments were, were fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean he's always great. I did like how he always wears that fucking thing when he's out in public. <laughs> uh, I thought Lakeith Stanfield was a great leading man. Like he. His character was like there was a lot of emotion in this movie. I wasn't expecting um, a lot of emotional moments that he really he's a great actor, really like committed to. You'd think for, I mean, there's no way this was like you know, an amazing script that he just had to be a part of. Like this was a this was a, a check, but he's still committed big time, and uh, I respect that. Yeah, he had that big scene where you now he reveals what happens to his wife, which obviously you know, you know the movie lays it pretty on. Like that's you know pretty early on she dies and you're like well how but then you know did you have that big moment when he reveals what happened that was a good scene even I was like even my me myself who I wasn't like I wasn't like talk to me levels of engaged I was like being halfway engaged throughout the whole movie like I said you know for those of you if you listen talk to me one for episode first at one point I did get that point where I was like okay this movie needs to end like it's long or I was feeling it a little bit um. That scene got me. That scene got me good when he started like telling what what exactly happened to his wife. I that is a, a very powerful scene. Um this is long. I think it's weird when a kid's movie crests above an hour forty. Yes. I don't know why they do I mean kids' attention spans are not that, you know, you can't do that. But, kids' yeah. attention spans already suck, and we live in a world where like it's a known fact that the attention span is getting shorter. Um I think you know, and this is not me getting on a whole fucking rant about like social media. I, if you like social media, you like social media, I don't give a shit. But because of things like TikTok and stuff, that's why, right? And YouTube and things like that. Um, again, I'm not here to demonize those platforms. I think that's such an old person new. Like, how dare they like their social media? Let the kids enjoy their shit. Um, but with that said, like, if attention spans are getting shorter, why are we so adamant? Our studio is so adamant. To make their films two and a half to three hours long constantly, or be a little bit over two hours. Why? You know attention spans are getting shorter. Tighten this shit up then. You can't separate a modern child from their iPad for that amount of time and have a you know well-rounded child on your hands. That's just the way it works these days. Yeah, like and look, don't get me wrong, at the same time, I'm all about like I'm of the mindset that like the movie needs to warn its runtime. Okay. Like, yes, if like John Wick 4, I almost, even though I love the first three films, when I saw that runtime, like almost three hours, I almost was like, oh, fuck, why does it need to be that long? Watch the movie, it warranted it. The whole movie, I was engaged the whole time. Then you have someone like talk to me. I was only an hour, like just shy of an hour 40, I believe. Just shy of it. Um, and again, it warranted its runtime. I was not leaving the theater going, man, I wish I had just a little bit more. Like, they could have tied up just a tat. No, perfect. So many other films, though, even ones I really like, even like Mission Impossible, which I really liked, at one point I was like, they could have taken some more shit out. It does not need to be almost three hours long. That thing has so many exposition dumps. It's it's crazy. That, that could have been trimmed big time. Uh I feel like in this movie, we don't need the excursion to Crump Manor to go check out, to go find the hat. Like, just put the hat in the basement 
and have that be a quick little thing there. Why did ha- why do we have to go to a whole nother mansion? Yeah, which was like what in our like 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes of the film. Yeah. Unnecessary. Uh I do love the beginning when um Rosario Dawson and her kid like realize the house is haunted and they immediately are just like, nope, uh-uh, fuck this, and just leave. <laughs> oh, she I love her delivery, like, this is our home now. And as soon as she looks up and sees the thing, she goes, Oh, we're getting out of here. And just yes. looks it out. <laughs> I I appreciated that, but also it's a little, you know, little like Juan, you know, once you're once you're in the house, you're haunted. You know, a lot friendlier than Juan, thankfully. But yeah. <laughs> couldn't do that shit in a disney movie well i mean you know luckily in this case like that is that there are they are all good spirits minus the hat box ghost and i i, I did appreciate when they do go to crump manor and the ghosts are in the back car with them they get there and they open the door he just goes look if you want us to not if you don't want to be trapped in this house forever like leave us alone don't haunt us right now stay in the car and we'll go take care of this and we'll go back to the house and they just immediately shut the door, and I'm like, "There you go." I like that the the ghost, like the 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 sea captain ghost, ends up helping them. Like, yeah, I, I thought that was cute. Uh, kind of weird that, like, why is the hat box ghost in charge? Like, what what is he? Why is he more powerful? Like, what's the deal there? I just got the idea because I think because of the black magic stuff. He got the idea. Maybe he tapped into some stuff while he was alive. Sure. Uh, yeah, whatever. I this is not a story driven movie, you know. You got ghosts, you got laughs, you got some cries. It is what it is. This isn't anything to write home about, but it is. It is it is good? It's entertaining. Yes, it's enter. It's it's entertaining. It's it's you know it's junk food, McDonald's. Yeah, I enjoy it, but do I love it? Not really. I'll eat it, but you know I'm not gonna call somebody. And be like, you're not gonna believe the meal I just had. You won't believe what they did with the nuggets today. Yeah, dude, I got eleven instead of ten. Bonus nugget. You didn't even charge me. Fresh fries, my man. Fresh fries. Yeah, this is that's hilarious. I've if you ever call me and like brag about a McDonald's meal you had, I'm going to hang up on you before you finish talking. I'm going to make sure I brag about something else, but it's actually going to be McDonald's. So I can get the brag out and then get the hang up. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I honestly, like, what else do you want to talk about with Haunted Mansion? I really don't have a lot to say. It's just kind of like, I liked it, but yeah, there it is. You know, like, what else? What else can we talk about? <laughs> wow. You brought nothing to this not really no i like talk to me way more this was more just like okay what else you got i mean yeah same talk to me was better um right i felt like for gateway horror i've seen gateway horror films i've gone just a tad bit harder than this not that they didn't have some good scares but it felt like after the initial scare when they get to the house initially and they go scare them out (laughs) scare them out after that i never really tapped in the scares anymore why were they scaring anybody if they wanted to be free of Crump and his evil? Probably so you didn't get that one thousandth uh, soul. Okay, there you go. All right, that's a valid reason. Yeah, keep people out of that house. Good idea. Yeah, that go. was what I would assume. So they don't. Yeah, they don't. He doesn't get that last soul. That ending when uh, you find out that the kid's dad is actually dead, and he just you know. Everything everything sucks without him here. That whole thing that that got me a little bit. That got me, but I kind of saw that twist. I won't lie; I was like, "The dad's probably dead." Like, if anything, I'm kind of annoyed that the mom just hasn't told the Keith Stanley. Like, tell him the dad is dead instead of having this usual trope we have in every show and movie. I watch where we're not going to tell you vital information until it's absolutely necessary. I wasn't. I mean, I I'm not going to lie. I I nodded off a couple times. So I might have missed some some information about dad. I wasn't thinking about that at all. No, literally up until then, she just keeps saying to she says sometimes to like Keith Stanfield, yeah, after all the stuff that happened with his dad, and you're like, I'm gonna think like he probably died if there's not gonna ever mention this. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, yeah. The the bonding over their shared grief was a was an interesting decision, and that, that I think worked 
Uh, and yeah, then Lakeith Stanfield deciding, you know, it's when Crump's like, you know, you, what is it? You have to, don't you want to know if your wife loved you or if you love, don't you want to tell her you loved her? And he's like, she knows. And then kicks him in the face. Oh yeah, that was good. It is interesting that even Disney decided to go for like a grief metaphor. You can't make a horror movie anymore unless it's about grief. You can't do it. Those are the rules. And I'm like, can we just see? Well, Saw X. I swear to God, Saw X somehow sneaks in grief in there. Well, I mean, you know, Kramer is dying. No. This grief no, no, no. inspired this whole fucking crusade. No, no, no. Remember he lost his son, Gideon? Yeah, Saw is a grief movie. No. <laughs> no. Yep. They're all grief movies. Every single horror movie ever made, except for the sadness. I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Grief. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm getting a little tired of it. It is, you know, there are other things you can base your horror movie around. I would yes. like to see some variety. You see it in the slasher movies all the time. You don't see it very much in the others. You don't like slasher, but I think, and that's also, I think, why I've, I'm so attached to like slashers and like the Mortal Gore Fest type films because i'm like they just want you to have fun they're just like look just turn your brain off have a good time okay we're not gonna sit there and beat you over here with some metaphor here's 30 something year old actors playing teenagers that are going to get fucked up have sex you'll see some boobies and then there'll be a whole lot of death you should get a job working for like miramax because you can pitch a slasher like nobody's business you just throw a B or C tier actor's name on top of that, and you can sell that to any studio. Well, did Shannon Elizabeth, <laughs> she's not doing anything. <laughs> oh, I heard there's a lot of CW actors that need some work. I'm just picturing you like becoming a huge mogul by just repeatedly pitching the first Scream movie to every studio, but just changing things ever so slightly every time. Yeah, every time. Every just a little bit. You just keep pitching your favorite movies, and they're like, "That's brilliant! Oh my god, that's brilliant!" Like you pitch Friday the Thirteenth, but his name is like Jackson, like Venison or something. Jackson Manhees. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Lake Franklin Krugman. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you honestly, pe- people are so fucking stupid these days. You could probably get away with that for quite a while. Oh. Probably could they think it? They probably think it's an AI generated script. I'm like, no, it's all me. Picturing you pitching Elm Street to New Line, and they're not picking up on it. <laughs> they're just like, this sounds amazing. We can make millions off this. You could do and a franchise. One guy in the back's like, are you people fucking stupid? But he doesn't have enough power to make any decisions, so nothing, nobody can do anything about it. <laughs> no, and as soon as they ask me, do you have ideals for a sequel? Got like eight of them, <laughs> and even for a remake. Oh my god! What about a? Wait, wait, I got an anthology TV show for you too, if you're interested. <laughs> if we get a nerve franchise off the ground, I got crossover potential. We're talking about here, and in that one, I've got New York, I've got space, I've got psychic chicks, I've got worms. What else you got? What else you need? <laughs> Oh, this is this is good. This is great. <laughs> I'm just looking at the scripts for those movies, just basically just copy paste and changing shit. You bring the fucking DVDs to the pitch, and you're just reading the back cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hollywood is so fucking stupid. I I honestly think that like if you knew enough people, like if you had enough connections, you could get away with that. Yeah, you probably could. Yeah. Look at <laughs> look at how the guy we were like look at the fact that as soon as the show went to public domain from Disney, how much fucking public domain horror films we got with Wayne the Pooh, Blood and Money, Blood and Honey. Sorry. Blood and Honey. You don't see Blood and Money like he's a gangster or some shit. That sounds awesome. It does. I mean it made a lot of money, even though I heard it's pretty I heard it's bad, but um then you had the mean, it's not Disney, but you had the main one that came out. The they even had a quickly point there, it's a parody, so they didn't get sued by anyone. Um, I don't know if you heard there's two different Cinderella ones coming out. Beautiful. 
Uh, are they allowed? Like, the they one couldn't actually the say the free. Like they couldn't actually say Grinch, could they? In the meanwhile, no, no, they couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's two. I think there's a Bambi one coming. I think I heard about Bambi one. How do you do? How do you do a Bambi horror movie? He f- fucks those hunters up. That's how. After shooting his. Wasn't that an SNL sketch with Dwayne Johnson? It was. It was. I've watched it several times. It's one of the better sketches. Deer crossing, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's real. That's real now. Well, you know what? Bring it on. I why not? Hey, fuck it. They're it's it's one of the few types of films we'll be getting. Is those types of films because they don't work with SAG, they don't hire WGA writers. We'll be getting those just fine. Gonna be a lot of non-union shit over the next few years. <laughs> so much. Gonna really make people, you know, start to understand what a union does. A lot of people are gonna be like, you know, where are my like where's the quality? It's like, well, the quality is currently being fought for in the streets by people who aren't getting paid enough to make that quality. That's where it is. It's dying, and you killed it. <laughs> yeah. Not not you, A24. You are the one of the good ones that agree to all terms and can still actually do stuff with WGA and SAG. You remember that, that you've you seen that Homelander meme where he's like, all of you are really fu- like fucking up right now, except you, like Black Noir, you're doing great. Have you seen that meme? Yeah. Black Noir is A24. They're the only one who's just like, you're doing great, keep it up. Everyone else is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Let's just hope that A24 doesn't fuck up because we saw that played out in the boys between Homelander and Black Noir. Hopefully. I mean, I don't see A24 suddenly, you know, going insane and just demanding all sorts of crazy shit to the point where they're unrecognizable. I feel like they would have done that by now. So, keep it up. They're just waiting. Okay, the other one's a week. We can rise now. (laughs) I think if they ever had a billion dollar gross of a movie, something would happen. But that's not going to happen. Not the type of films they come out with. I'm glad their films do do successful, but I don't see them ever crossing a billion. That would be amazing and remarkable. But uh, and it would probably you know cause a lot of strife. But that's not going to happen. No. Has a horror film ever? I don't think a horror film's ever made it to a billion dollars. Not that I know. Of. Has anything come close? Like, what's the highest grossing horror film of all time? Let's look that up. Probably something like Halloween or, the, or Blair Witch or something like those indie films. I mean, I think Blair Witch might actually be way up there. The the highest grossing horror film of all time is It. Oh, yeah. I mean, like seven, eight hundred million. Seven hundred million. Number two is The Sixth Sense with six hundred and seventy two million. I didn't know that movie, like it was that big success. Damn. Even though we've done this on the podcast twice and I probably read that number out loud. But I remember that. I'm proud uh, of you. You, you didn't know either. Number three is I Am Legend with 585 million, and number four is World War Z with 540 million. Those are not the four awesome. films I would have guessed. No, and I was liking it all the way up until you said World War Z. I was like, damn it, that one. Uh, number five, It Chapter Two, 470 million. Number six, The Exorcist, 441 million in 1973. Damn. damn. Uh, number seven, Signs, four hundred eight million. Number eight, Prometheus, four hundred three million. Number nine, The Nun, three hundred sixty five million. Number ten, Hannibal, three hundred fifty one million. Interesting group of films there. Yeah, I, I hated The Nun so much. I know. I know. Are you going to see The Nun too? No, you're not. No. You sure? Yes. Really sure? Yeah, it's like the haunting in Venice. I'm not getting tricked again. <laughs> well, I'm seeing both because I, I, I have the season pass. I have such like PTSD anytime like the haunting in Venice show comes out because I'm just like, no, no, I will not fall for this a third time. You fucks. When I saw the nun. The scariest thing that happened to me was my server was somebody I had recently stopped seeing because she turned out to be fucking crazy and she gave me my popcorn and we had a a lock eyes moment where i was like what's gonna happen and nothing happened thank god but that was the scariest thing that happened to me when i saw the nun (laughs) i like 
liked the movie too. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't really get why people went ape shit over how bad the nun was. It was boring as shit. I fell asleep like three times trying to watch it. It was the same shit we get with The Conjuring and Annabelle. Those movies are all pretty much the same movie. It's probably why I checked. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Fair enough. Well, anyway, I guess I'll have to grab someone else to do the nun two with me. Yeah, I'm not some time to that for that. I'm not sitting through it. <laughs> I'm doing it. Fair enough. Um. Well, okay. I guess that kind of wraps it up. We didn't really talk a lot about Haunted Mansion, but you know what? There's really not a lot of substance here. It's a good movie, but I feel like it's just going to haunt Disney Plus forever. People will be like, you know, oh, what's that? Oh, that's the ghost of a movie that came out in 2023 that nobody really saw. Yeah, I. and again, what? why does Disney release their horror films in July? That's another big one. Uh, yeah, like in summer, I should say. They got to stop doing like, has that ever worked out for them? No, it no. always tanks every time because nobody's thinking Halloween in, in the summer. Yeah. And like, don't, and I don't, obviously, you can make the argument that horrors released, horror films are released year round. Yes. But this is the thing. A lot of times, those films are geared towards an older audience that doesn't give a shit what time of the year they, it is. They're going to go see it. You know what I mean? Like, it's adults seeing it. When you're making a family friendly, like, gateway horror film, the, you're more apt to get audience participation from families around October that want to take their kids to go see something that is with the season as opposed to July when they're taking them out to go swimming and shit. Well, gateway horror always seems to be more in tune with the like the season. Like you're going to put on a gate like, you know, if I'm watching movies with the family, I'm going to put on like Hocus Pocus and the Nightmare Before Christmas before I'm going to put on like, you know, Elm Street or an audition you know like it's yeah. horror does not automatically equal halloween there has to be a vibe there has to be you know intent there and i think you know a lot of gateway horror does that because it's you know it's easy for kids to relate halloween with spooky as opposed to you know straight up frightening yeah but you don't do that shit in july <laughs> no that's and that's why someone like talk to me which is a straight up horror film yeah they do well it's Part towards an older audience that doesn't give a shit. They want to watch it regardless. There's nothing in it indicating it's set around Halloween. It's just a horror film. So, yeah, it did better. And Haunted Mansion is set around Halloween, weirdly. Yeah, it is set around Halloween. Yeah, it is. So I don't... And I don't see it having, like, the Hocus Pocus effect where, like, it'll get a cult fall. I just don't see that happening. I think it'll have a better reception than, you know, the Eddie Murphy one um, has. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see this being talked about for years and years and years. Um, it's it's an enjoyable film. I can definitely see some people putting it on around October time frame. Um, I'm sure it'll hit Disney Plus in time this year for Halloween. Um, There's not a lot of films that come out these days that I think are going to be cult classics. Like the idea of a cult classic doesn't apply that much to modern films anymore. Well, I, I think that's for a lot of reasons. I think we, in a way, have killed the idea of cult classics in modern cinema because we're so franchise dependent so like it has to lead to something that there's nothing coming out that i feel like could be a cult classic um like there could be um and also i just think that term gets so it's kind of like up there with iconic it's just so overused and like i have seen people that will watch from go man this is a cult classic in the i'm like no 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 you don't decide that it just happens well, and also I think everything is so accessible now. Like the whole point of a cult classic back in the day was like, it came out briefly, it disappeared. Somebody discovered it on tape or something. It got a word of mouth following, it became this big underground success. There's no such thing as underground success anymore. Everything is accessible somewhere. Yeah. Until the streamers decided to take it out off the site for tax yeah. cutting reasons. In that, uh, speaking of, by the way, if you're a fan of uh, Cartoon Network's Over the Garden Wall, uh, it's gone. Max took it off. So no more Over the Garden Wall. Sorry, Isabel. I know you really like that. So found that out today. I was like, I'm glad I watched it because now I can never watch it. That's great. Like, God, we're going back to like when, you know, some things that make the transition from VHS to DVD and they get lost forever. And it's like. But like there that. were like at least when when that happened, there was the possibility of like a work print somewhere, 
or in a in somebody's private collection. These days, it's just poof, gone in the wind, never to be seen again. Yeah, never to be. There's there should I fought like uh was it? I didn't watch the show, but will you know Willow? They did the Disney Plus series recently. They took it off, and I was like, what the hell? Like I thought that was a hit, and like for people that are fans of that. Hope you watched and enjoyed it because it's gone. It's gone for good. That was very much not a hit. No, the Willow series tanked big time. That was a a big surprise failure for Disney. That's shocking. This movie has a huge following around it. Yeah, you know, so does Indiana Jones and so does Star Wars. But when you make something that feels like that but sucks all the joy and life out of it, we can tell. Fair enough. Yeah, Disney, that's become their... Their thing. They're doing that with their own content with like the Lion King and you know Pinocchio and all that shit. Like they're doing that to their own work and they're doing that to stuff that they're purchasing. And now Marvel's starting to feel the effect of that too. Yeah, they used to be the golden child and now they're not the golden child. You know, it's like a chef who used to make the most amazing recipes. Like it was a you know toast of New York kind of chef. And now they're depressed and angry about where their life has gone and it's being reflected in their food, which is nowhere near as quality as it used to be. Still kind of tastes like what you used to get from this guy, but now you can tell that he doesn't care anymore. That's Disney. Yeah, that's Disney. And eventually those people walk away from that. They'll walk away. Yeah. Or like John Favreau, they'll find, you know, they'll buy a food truck and find that happiness again. Check out our chef episode that got released last week. It was a great movie. Oh my god, you did that, you bastard. I'm plugging foodgasm. We got boiling point coming this Friday. Um, but yeah, Haunted Mansion. It is what it is. There's gonna be a lot of it is what it is movies on first thoughts because there's just blockbusters are so formulaic and dry now. There's just it's hard to find anything worth talking about in them anymore. The indie stuff like talk to me is where we're gonna find the most conversation because there's enough, there's more to, to say. Yeah. And you know, looking ahead to August, now that July's pretty much past us by the time this comes out. Looking ahead to August again, the non-block, like the not the closer to horror stuff, the stuff that's horror or closely adjacent. Um, I say that because I'm Meg too. Um, or I feel like the stuff we'll have more to talk about. You know what I mean? Like I do think we'll have a good amount to talk about mutant mayhem because it looks like again that movie based off trailers looks like Seth Rogen and company made that with love and care and fucking commitment. So it looks like there'll be a lot to talk about with that. Meg 2, unless it's a disappointment, looks like a hell of a much more fun film than the first one. Um, we got Last Voyage to Meter, which looks fucking, again, a horror film that looks like it's going to fucking give it to us what we want. And it's like, there's not, you know, not a blockbuster coming out in August, really, but if there were, I doubt they would look nearly as good as like the other films I'm excited for in August. You know what I mean? The only, like, the closest August has to a blockbuster is Blue Beetle, which is projected to be a fucking embarrassing bomb uh but we'll i'm gonna see it we'll talk about blue beetle obviously i'll, I just, I'll check it out i i hope it's not the disaster it's really gonna be a good movie that is just gonna be outshined by dc's monumental fuckups but we'll see yeah. uh this week for wide releases we have teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem which looks promising as well as meg to the trench which also looks ridiculous over the top jason statham versus a lot of giant sea creatures because why not <laughs> why why not hey look my my big beef with the first meg was that it just did not embrace its concept it was not fun it had so many scenes that felt like they were trying to be jaws i'm like you have an outlandish concept embrace it this sequel regardless of the whole like they didn't make it all like no they're it's a pg-13 film because the first one was pg-13 like let's let's calm down people um this one just looks like they are finally going to do what they should have done the first time. They're like, look, it's called the Meg. Let's just go all out and have a good fucking time. We got Jason Statham in this. Give the people what they want. Him versus giant prehistoric sea creatures. And I'm all about it. If that is, if the trailer is exactly what I'm hoping they are tapping into, I think this was going to be such a fun film. Here's hoping. I didn't really like the first one that much. But this one looks wild and ridiculous. And yeah, like you said, uh, you know, trying to be Jaws. I think more shark movies need to accept the the very true fact that none of them are ever going to be Jaws. So just try to be the best, you know, be the best Meg 2 you can be because you're never you're not going to be Jaws. Let, let that go. 
Yeah. Look at your concept and go, we should probably just have fun with this. I, I don't think anybody was embarking on the Meg with the plan to take home best original screenplay at the Oscars. Like this is, it's a movie about Jason Statham fighting a big shark. And this is Jason Statham versus three big sharks and an octopus. And, and we're also in China octopus. Yeah. So and octopus, what else are hiding from us? Hopefully in the trailer. <laughs> I think they should have called it Megs. Oh what I would have called it. The Megs. The Megs. Ah. <sighs> Meg two, Meg harder. Yeah, it. <laughs> no, it looks for. I did, you know, and uh, I always get a laugh when you see like the people trying to paddleboard or whatever it is away from the Meg when it comes up to eat them. The part of the trailer that always gets me is the lady being like, "See this, one hundred percent Meg proof," and then immediately gets eaten by the fucking Meg. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I say like it really does look like they are like okay, we heard you the first time, we did not have fun, like we probably should have, so we're going to embrace the zaniness of this concept this time. I hope so. I want to, you know, I I was underwhelmed by the first one, and I want to go into this one walking away thinking like, what the fuck was that? I want to. Yes. Yes, I want that, and I mean that in a good way, not the usual like bad way of like, what the fuck did I just watch? I want the good. What the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, I want to have an hour and a half long conversation that gets away from us about the crazy shit we just saw. That's always the goal for these. It's like, I don't want to get stale in the conversation. I want to realize the meter's been running this whole time and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I think like the possibly the talk to me episode. Yeah, we we went past the hour on that. We went past on Mission Impossible and um, The Flash. Okay, funny on The Flash because I didn't really like The Flash like that. Well, that was because I forgot to set a timer. And we just kept talking. <laughs> and on this one, I forgot to set the timer until about 20 minutes into the episode. So, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I think that's a good place to sound to sound off here. Uh, this was fun. Now, go see Haunted Mansion or don't. You wait a month. It'll be on Disney Plus. You can watch it at home on <laughs> Halloween if you want. Yeah, you can wait for the appropriate time to watch it. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, we'll have one for you on Ninja Turtles and the Meg. It's a very, it's a sea creature weekend. It's a mutated sea creature weekend. We'll see a, mu- a mutate, a mutant weekend. It's a mutate, yeah. mutant weekend. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I should watch my Anaconda movies when I got that Blu-ray box set just to get into the mood. I'm going to watch Austin Powers because I want to see those mutated sea bass. Jesus Christ. That's the first whenever I think of mutated sea creatures, that's the first thing that pops into my head is the mutated sea bass. Because <laughs> it's such a stupid concept. Anyway, yeah. You watch Anaconda, you'll have fun. <laughs> cool. Peace out. Check out our content and uh we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thank you.